Hello, welcome to this week's edition of the Suffolk Money Podcast, which is supported by Kingsfleet Wealth, providers of life-changing financial advice. It was only a few months ago when a perceived shortage of fuel caused many of us to need to queue at our petrol stations to fill up our cars. The issue that was really at the root of all of that was a concern about a lack of drivers to be able to deliver that fuel to petrol stations up and down the country. And this was also reflected in issues regarding the delivery of containers and various HGV goods across the country as a whole. So it was really great to be able to speak to an expert in haulage and transport, Darren Flynn, who's the Managing Director of Waller Transport. Um, Darren tells us a bit about the background to the business and really how it has used its expertise in this area uh, to benefit its clients across the world. And really his view of what's going to happen with haulage over the coming days. Darren, thanks for joining us today. It's uh, a great opportunity just to find out a little bit about you and also about Waller Transport. So let's start with the business first. Tell us uh, about Waller Transport. When did it start? How did it start? Yeah, so um, it started in 1966 um, by my late uh, father-in-law, Adam Waller. Um, and it began in, in, in Colchester, actually, when Colchester was a a thriving port and you know, the A12 ran through Colchester and it was the place to be. Um, funny enough, we're having a shortage at the moment with building supplies. And actually, um, Waller, I, I guess the idea of Waller Transport came from the, the, the lack of bricks at the time. Um, Adam worked at a builder's merchants and, and they were struggling to get bricks in and him and a couple of friends decided to try and import them and uh, they did that successfully. Um, unfortunately, it was a, a kind of short-lived um, project, if you like, but that soon kind of got him introduced to the world of logistics and we went quickly into being involved with uh, ship's agency work. Um, and then... Um, I guess he, he then saw an opportunity sitting in a, a, in a pub on the A12, seeing vehicles go, go one way full and the other way empty. So he decided to see if he could, what we now know, just backload them, um, which is quite a, a commonly used form of transport. Um, For the uninitiated, what does backload mean? It means it really does mean kind of you utilizing a vehicle that's going back home after delivering some uh, a load, if you like, um, uh, and and utilizing that leg of the journey to carry something that otherwise they may not be carrying. So everybody's a winner, you know. It's a bit of cream for the for the for the trucker um, haulier, and um, you know we arrange something so we get a, a margin, and then and then the customer's getting a, a slightly cheaper. To transport due to the fact that it's a bit more flexible i mean in 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 broad terms it's called forwarding now which is is much more what we're about it's about the kind of full forwarding um service which means again we are the middleman um part of logistics um, but we ultimately can can arrange anything from china to your doorstep in birmingham um 
and you know we'll deal with the, the the planning and the arrangement of of the different modes of of transport so there's huge amounts and i think we'll uh, find ourselves discussing with you today not least you know what's been going on with transport issues and phoenix toe docks and all of these things so we'll cover all of those off as we go through but at what stage did the business pivot from being this that's interesting you say that uh, brick uh, and uh, building supplies um, and the shortage there, which of course is where we are right now, as you say. Yes. Um, when did it change from that to being what we would now call a freight forwarding firm? It was it was it was about 1969, um, the end of 1969, that we 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 yeah made that change, and yeah, we've really kind of stuck with it. I mean, up until eight years ago when I joined the business, we were just purely focused on domestic so once something landed in the in the country in the uk um, and typically got devanned so emptied from a, a, a container um, we would then pick it up and distribute it um, to somewhere else in the uk um, so that's what we did for a good you know 50 years which is quite unheard of because most forwarding companies um, will concentrate on european and more international movements we adam's belief was um, focus on what we know and what we're good at. And that's what we did for many, many years. But I guess when I joined the company, um, like I say, it must be coming up to eight years. Um, time flies when you're having fun, as they say. I, I saw that there was a, a lot of opportunities out there for ourselves, but also for our customers. I realised that our customers were getting us to do one part of the um, transport, if you like, and actually there was a few other people doing the other part. So why not consolidate that and and you know kind of almost create that horrible term a one stop shop, um, you know, which is what we are on 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 a journey to becoming. For so, our another, and yeah, so essentially, people can get something from just about anywhere in the world to wherever they are in the UK, and you would arrange every part of that process absolutely yes yeah we, 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 we work with a number of different partners thousands of different partners across the world to offer that service we are doing a lot from from europe into the uk and the uk to europe actually and we do we do less kind of from from further afield from china from america but we have been involved and we we can easily um arrange that if if people's needs um are for that to happen. Hmm. And uh, again, just to be clear, we, you may have started in Colchester, but you're now uh, primarily based in Ipswich, I understand. That's right, yes. So so I think when um, when Colchester kind of, you know, the, the port became a very different place to be and and, Col and, and uh, Felixstowe was obviously kind of on the up, Adam decided to, to move closer to, to, to Ipswich and, and, and Felixstowe. Uh, so we've had several offices in, in Ipswich, but we're currently on um, Cavendish Street, so kind of very central to Ipswich, which, yeah, that's our head office. And we have another two offices, one in Hull and one in Liverpool, and that's working really, really well. So you say you joined the business about eight years ago. Yes. And um, what brought you into the business? Uh, so how did, uh, did you sort of grow up always wanting to be a freight forwarder? Is that how it, how it works? <laughs> I wish that was the story. In, in fact, no, I didn't. Um, I grew up always wanting to be 
in business, actually, funny enough. It was something that I always aspired um, to be, uh, well, just to have my own business. But I didn't really know what doing. So I left school, left college, kind of very unsure of, of, of my future. And I actually found myself um, involved with the Prince's Trust when I was about 19. And it was, a, it was actually a course that, that helped people work out what they wanted to do. So I did it one summer after I finished uh, my, my college course. And actually, whilst I did the course myself, um, it's a 12-week course, I really loved what they did. So I then volunteered. I got approached by the the company, the YMCA at the time, to ask if I was interested in volunteering to uh, be a leader or an assistant leader. So anyway, I did that for a a course, and then they uh, offered me a job. I ended up getting um, employed by... Um, the YMCA at the time so I was helping young people I was very young myself and I remember thinking gosh what am I doing because it was it was a course for uh, 16 to 25 year olds I was 20 you know running these courses but I loved it I loved helping people and then I got employed by the Princess Trust Direct and I was running European programs and traveling Europe and it was an amazing time in my life but ultimately helping people and then uh, a couple of friends and I decided that it was a good idea to start a business, you know, um, doing a similar thing. We just wanted to do it for ourselves. And the, the council were very interested in us running some projects for young offenders, helping helping um, people to get into work and get back into education, etc. And so I did that for a number of years. And um, then I, without knowing it, uh, became a businessman in, in, in some respects, <laughs> Um, you, you're kind of forced into that situation um, when you're doing something for yourself. It wasn't really a, uh, an ambition at that time to, to make this into a business, but of course it naturally becomes a business. So, um, so yeah, we did that for many years and um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, I fell out of love with it in the end. Um, uh, it, was, it was difficult to... to with the funding and and uh government changes etc so i came out of it and um at the by then i'd kind of built up a bit of a portfolio of properties and we were i I decided that that's my route um to start developing and i found that all very well was very challenging and i didn't really enjoy it and at that point unfortunately um adam became unwell um, he got diagnosed with prostate cancer and um, he basically said to me around the, the dinner table one day, Darren, I think it's about time that you got involved in the business. And I said, you know, well, let's, let's have a look at it. And, you know, I, I start, I came in to the office um, on a, on a Friday for about a month just to get my head around it and just see if there was something in it for me. Um, not financially, but in terms of, you know, if I would get anything out of uh, being part of it, if I could add value. And um, I guess I I quickly realized that it was a very much people-based business. You know, it was about relationships. It was about, it was about people. It was about kind of understanding people, being able to communicate with people, which I was very good at and um, I enjoyed. So um, I took on the opportunity and I've really, really enjoyed it. It's been very challenging over um, 
all the years that I've been involved, you know, we lost Adam um, three years after me joining. Um, so that was a big, a big, uh, a big deal, really. You know, it was it was amazing working alongside Adam and, um, you know, for for his baby to to be my responsibility. All of a sudden it was it was quite tough, but we got an amazing team that was very supportive and um all believe in the family um, kind of aspect of Waller Transport, and um, you know we've really, we, yeah, we've 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 kind of got over some real barriers, and we're we're, we're really thriving. So it's it's. Um, I was thinking over the weekend actually, you know, if Adam could see what we are achieving now, I think he would be um, very impressed, and and you know he would be excited to be part of it as well. Mm. You can't ask for more than that. That's uh, no, great. No. Yeah, fantastic. I think that's really interesting about your Prince's Trust involvement because I guess for some people that must be their route into sort of the, the muddle when I think people leave education maybe at 18 and don't really know quite what direction to go in. But, you know, there's numerous stories of people really finding their feet and, uh, you know, finding a way to maybe start their own business at that early stage in life. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was, I, I think, yeah, I think for a lot of young people, it's it's knowing what's out there. And and often you can be surrounded by so many um, industries as we are, you know, in this, in, in, in Ipswich and surrounding areas. But unless you're exposed to it, it, it can seem, you know, uh, too far away, you know, unreachable. And I think that's what the Princess Trust was very good at, is, is actually showing you how, taking you to, and often letting you feel. I think if you allow people to experience, then often they can find, you know, either something's for them or not for them. Yeah, and it sounds like it, maybe you're very good grounding in actually running a business. So was there a situation of going through basic business principles, profit and loss and cash flow? And was that all part of what you did there or is that something you picked up as you went along? No, that, that, was, that was something that, yeah, very much I've, I've picked up as I've, I've gone along. I mean, um, from the Prince's Trust point of view, it was very much uh, the experience of just kind of working with people. But, you know, once that... Um, turned into us running our own business you know we were very much just kind of learning as we went along and you know we made mistakes as a lot of people did and you know uh, but it was it, it's where I got along with I did business at school and I did business at college so I had some idea but actually putting it into practice it wasn't until I we had our, our first business that I actually got a chance to test it um, and then, and then again, you know, joining a business that was, you know, almost fifty years old with a man that, you know, obviously knew what he was doing. I learned a lot from Adam, um, you know, and, and the systems that were that were in place with Waller Transport. Mm-hmm. So it sounds as though, in, in different stages in your working life, having a mentor of some form has yeah, really benefited you. Absolutely, yeah. No, that, that's 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 very much true. And uh, I remember, I mean, only a few years ago, I I, I felt a bit lost within Waller Transport, actually. Um, and I realised it was because, you know, they say they talk about being very lonely at the top, and what it, it, it was. And um, I, I missed having Adam there. 
Um, and I, I, I went out looking for um, another mentor. Um, and in fact, um, I, I've, I've, for the last two and a half years, had a bit. I had a business coach, you know, which is which is just fantastic. Often they just kind of listen and kind of yeah, tell you what, tell you that you're right, and you just do what you um, are saying. But it's just having that person. I think, um, yeah, I, I've got, I'm a big believer in, in in coaching and mentoring. Yeah, well, it certainly sounds as though it's been beneficial to you. Yeah, um, absolutely. So just um, coming back to uh, Waller Transport then and, and what's happened over recent years, I think probably for many of us, we just took it all for granted what was going on with <laughs> seeing lorries on our roads, maybe getting a bit cross that they were um, you know, slowing down the traffic or something. But I think we just all assumed that that was all perfectly, uh, it would carry on like that indefinitely. But this year has maybe shook us all up a little bit to realise the importance of getting freight from one place to another. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, isn't it? Uh, you, you know, it's uh, people are often moaning about um, lorries, like you say, on the roads. But in fact, once they stop and we haven't got things on our table, we 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 soon change our mind. It's been a it's been a crazy few years, really, in in, in logistics. You know, from Brexit, really, from. Um, you know, the, kind of when Brexit was announced, you know, there was there was there was an impact on the log logistics, which was years ago, um, and obviously COVID. And I think, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's 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 like a lot of things in the world. You know, you can kind of nobody's really got the answer, but there's you can you can look back and and see a number of reasons why we're probably in the position that we are with the with the drivers and um my opinion is it's 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 you know there's a there's the, the the few reasons are that we expect everything very cheap as consumers so for years prices have been pushed down you know you look at the farmers they're struggling because they're they're not be, being able to sell their crops for what they what they're worth you know due to the likes of the big supermarkets and, um, you know, of course, when you're pushing down prices, when you want things to be as cheap as possible on the shelves, then that, that, that you know, margins are reduced along the supply chain. And obviously, when it comes to haulage companies, they've, they've only got a few things that they can, they, they can tweak themselves. You know, they can't control fuel prices. They can't control the, the cost of vehicles. So they've pushed down wages. They've had to reduce wages. And honestly, um, you know, if you've got an industry, a, a career path that doesn't pay very well and is actually not very exciting, then you're not going to have that many people wanting to enter, especially, you know, going back to young people and school leaves, et cetera. You know, you, you've got less and less that says, I want to be a lorry driver. Um, and I think so, you know, that, that's been going on for what, probably 15, 20 years. And now all of a sudden, you know, I think we've had a lot of people um, retire due to COVID, you know, around retirement age. But a lot of people, a lot of industries went, hey, you know, life's more important. I want to spend more time with my family. And we just haven't got the, the younger generation there waiting to fill it. You know, and I think that along with saying to the European market that they can't work here anymore, um, 
uh, as easy anyway. Um, you know, it's reduced the number of people that we've got to try drive vehicles. Um, I know a number of our uh, haulage partners that have got vehicles standing um you know without being able to get drivers and don't get me wrong colin it's been it's, it's got better over the last month um i don't think the the the, the government's um change in allowing people to uh, temporarily come back into the country and drive has helped i don't think there's been much uptake but i think um allowing european um companies european haulish companies to 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 carry out more deliveries has helped um and uh, you know i think that that maybe there's been a few more people pass their tests since covid has has kind of released a bit but yeah i think there's um i think you know that's 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 uh, you know what a, a reason that's up there along with um you know i was saying the other day that the facilities in this country for drivers are just are just very poor you know, there's no real kind of government-backed infrastructure that's that's maintained. You know, and and um, I've spoken to drivers recently, and and they've 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 talked about you know one toilet for um, you know fifty potentially fifty drivers being available. You know, in in one truck stop with a shower that's not working. I mean, it's 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 not nice. You know, and when you're in a cab for you know a week say tramping around the uk to not have those facilities again it doesn't it doesn't welcome any anybody into the industry and i think you know a combination of essentially poor working conditions and poor wages is going is not going to encourage anybody to to do it in the future either unless something changes so with the truck stop aspect is obviously an infrastructure issue isn't it that you know this hasn't been built into road planning and I mean you drive down the main roads in France and you see these enormous stops on a regular basis don't you where Absolutely. it looks like there's you know really good facilities but I cannot for the life of me think of anything that I've seen similar to that in any driving I've been doing recently in this country so that's an infrastructure issue which I assume will need to be taken on probably by central government I think so. I mean, to standardise it, I think it, that's the only way. You know, you've got private companies that do a, a very good job, you know, but it's not consistent. And when you're thinking about, when you think about all the miles that are covered by a lorry, you know, you need it. You, it needs to be more frequent. You know, there's there's a lot of instances where um, people will just kind of grab a bit of land, put a portaloo on there, put a put a burger van on there and call it a, a truck stop. Mm. You know, and it's just not good enough. Um, um, so yeah, I agree. I think it needs to probably be a, a government-led um, project. So what about the other aspect of it being a career? I mean, again, um, you know, I've often talked in this podcast about, you know, I grew up in Felixstowe, I love Felixstowe greatly, but I can't ever recall anyone um, either thinking of a career driving lorries or ever ever being offered to anyone, um, and yet it's fundamental and, and yeah. critical to how we work as a nation, isn't it? Absolutely, and it needs to be incentivised. I mean, it's um, it's yes, you're right. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure as an industry if we if we are doing enough 
to influence the 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 younger generations um you know by going into schools by making it quite apparent that, that you know they, these career opportunities are there but you know i mean you know the fact is up until um i mean two years ago you know it was the average salary or or, or, wa or wage uh, for a driver was around 13 pounds an hour 12 13 pounds an hour which you know let's face it when you're when you're in charge well a to 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 get to the point to be in charge of such a big vehicle you've got to do some significant training and that training can cost thousands um so if you're not um if you're not sponsored to do that you've got to find that money um then you're you're in charge of a you know a significant um vehicle that's on the road that that can kill people um and to be paid a, a similar salary or wage um to stacking shelves within the supermarket doesn't make sense mm. um albeit you know just recently because of the supply and demand situation you know salaries have gone up you know the wages have gone up but i think they're peaking at the moment around 20 pounds an hour which probably still isn't where they should be um because you know the the, the drivers are in a responsible position that should be um uh, rightly recompensed for so you're um, obviously having to then incorporate these increased costs in what you're charging to your customers, your clients. Absolutely, um, yeah. So then in turn, so, so just so, to make sure our listeners fully understand that. So in order for the hauliers to pay more to their drivers, they have to charge more for every job they do. And you, I don't know when you call it a job, but that's what I'm referring yes, yes, to. Yes. <laughs> every trip they do, which of course, if you're transporting something from Felixstowe to Birmingham, let's say then that job has become more expensive because that driver's cost per hour has gone up and therefore the freight firm that is invoicing you are having to charge more and then you in turn are charging more back to your customers so how's that been addressed by them is there pushback from them in terms of rising costs no i think there's i think i think there's been um a level of acceptance due to the Due, due, I think due to everything that's happened in the last kind of 18 months, two years, you know, there's, um, I think, I think, you know, people have, from from kind of the, the toilet roll situation, I guess, at the start of COVID, you know, it's the first time in my lifetime that I've seen something not, you know, not not on the shelf that we need and I can't get hold of. So I think it I think it you know it causes a bit of panic, but it causes a bit of understanding as well of, of the real situation out there. And um, you know there has been some kickbacks, and I think there are you know some some pushbacks at the moment. I think with the with with builder products, which is predominantly what we move. Um, uh, so a lot of our customers are importing stone, timber, and bricks. And, you know, we all know and we've all heard that, you know, a lot of a lot of building products have gone up 30 percent, you know, which which it, it ultimately impacts, uh, you know, the, 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 the import customers, the, 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 the sawmills, the, the, the builder and then the person that's 
getting something done by that builder. So when we're looking at extensions and whatnot, you know, they are a lot more expensive. And it was interesting, actually, because I spoke to a builder friend of mine. We all know that builders are very, very busy at the moment. And I said, I can't believe that people are still building as much as, you know, they are. They're not kind of waiting um, to see if prices go down. So I think there's, I think everybody is accepting that prices are probably um, going to stay around, you know, where they are. And, and it's, it's, the, it's, it's the new normal, as they're saying, you know, for a lot of things. And, and probably, Colin, again, going back to my point about we expect everything very cheap and here tomorrow, you know, it's probably it, that wasn't sustainable for a lot of um, industries. And I think now we're probably paying the right price for the right services and products, you know, and, and I, 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 I don't personally think they'll... Um, come down an awful lot i think mm. this is the new, new normal so of course one of the things that uh, those of us who are interested in economics are debating at the moment is this issue of is the inflation that we're seeing what the bank of england doctrine refers to as transitory so in other words is this something that we're just seeing a, a sort of an increase as you say uh, and then as you would argue a justifiable increase in some of those costs but do we think that will then increase again? And this is sort of a year-on-year -year cycle we should expect, which is really what inflation is. Um, or do you think it's just going to level out at this new level and actually we're now finding the right price? Yeah, I think I think I think in terms of uh, yeah, it's a difficult one, but my 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 feeling is that we're we're kind of I think it will level out a bit, but I think. Also, it's, I think it will, it's, you know, what we've seen will give people the confidence, give businesses the confidence again to increase prices with inflation. Because I think what's happened over the last few years is you've actually seen companies push down prices each year. So where, we get, where you've got inflation going up, wages going up, pension contributions going up. And then, but at the same time, everybody's trying to push the rates down, push, push the prices down. And I think, I, I think, I hope that that won't be, that that will be a thing of the past. And I, I hope that um, everybody will feel confident enough and competitive enough to be able to increase by a, a much smaller margin and a fairer margin each year, which I think is, is, is more sustainable for the economy. So of course, one of the other issues we've seen um, is not just a shortage of goods and the issues that you were referring to earlier, but um, some issues in, in employers in retaining staff. And um, how many people do you employ overall? So we've got 14 members of staff, which, you know, great team. Some, some have been with us for 30 years. Some have been with us for less than, less than a year. Um, Adam always had a, a view on, on, on team members, let's call them. And that was, you know, he, he, he completely believed in, look after the staff, the team, and they will look after the business. And I guess I've heard that many times in my lifetime, and I, but I've never seen it. And um, in Wallop Transport, we, we truly um, stick to that. Um, so I think it's about it's about people being paid fairly and we, we give great salaries. 
we also, um, you know, it's not about being short-sighted. So we've always given, um, you know, great pension schemes, um, great commissions. So there's always kind of a, an opportunity to, to earn more. Um, and, and we've tried to get a, a, a good kind of work-life balance. So we're not kind of um, draining everybody of their kind of 100% energy. Um, we expect everybody to give 100%, but you don't want to kind of, you know, drain everything out of them. Um, so, you know, people enjoy working with Wallet Transport. I think it's about, I think it's about your vision as well. And, um, you know, we're a very forward thinking logistics company that, that I'm open to ideas. I think you've got to allow people a bit of creative space and not be too rigid. Um, there are a lot of companies out there that are kind of very much set in their ways and, and that's it, you know, and the MD won't look at anything else. And, you know, this, this, this is our procedure, this is our policy, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm very much of a, of a team player and um, I love for people to come in and, um, you know, bring new ideas to the table and, and, you know, hence why we've got now, you know, new divisions offering new services um, to what we were doing, you know, eight years ago. And obviously you've benefited from being mentored and coached in the past. How do you use that with your team? Yes, we, we've got, um, we've got a, a, a process in place which allows, um, it, we, we, it's actually called coaching. So we have a, a coaching system that allows people to um, pre prepare what they would like to speak about and what the, how they're feeling and how they're, what, what, what opportunities they're seeing or what challenges they're seeing. And um, they bring that to the table on a regular occasion um, to talk through and, and, and kind of make a plan. Um, I also have um, a, a, a company that comes in and, and coaches on with, with different teams on different aspects of the business. So at the moment, we've got a, a lady in uh, looking at the, our sales process and customer service process. Um, and it's, 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 proving, it's proving to be really popular, actually. Um, the team are really enjoying it. And um it's it's benefiting us as a business as well great so it's something that because you benefited from you're able to use for everyone's benefit as well absolutely i think it's important for people to be able to learn and learn from others and and learn from people that understand their their you know their specialism um um but but also just that time out sometimes it's you know we we, we can be in a a rat race a lot of the time can't we and it's sometimes you know our coaching sessions within the business is, is that time to kind of just step out of that rat race and just kind of how are you how are you feeling and what's 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 happening that's good what's happening that's not so good so how do you look ahead and see the future planning maybe in the short term you know how's all this going to resolve itself with shortages and uh, driver issues and, and so on and then perhaps the future of freight transport as a whole how's that all going to you know 10 15 years from now is it going to look like it does right now <laughs> oh gosh that's a big question um i think i think so i mean we you've got a we've got a we've got another change um 
another Brexit change coming in on the on the first of January, which is uh, about imports. Um, so that's going to be another challenge um, with customs, um, which you know a lot of logistics companies are going to have to kind of get their head around. I mean, as it stands, um, the the literature is out and the, the the guidance is out, but it's 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 uh, trying to navigate your way through that um, because it's 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 never simple to read or or, or necessarily understand. Um, I think. I mean, I, 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 I would hope that we've gone through the worst of the shortages. Um, I still think that we need to encourage more young people to come through the, the system, especially drivers. Um, I, I, I think that should be incentivized by the government, um, just as, you know, becoming a nurse or becoming a, a teacher has been in the past. Um, uh, we're, we're working better with European partners again, and I think that that's settled. Um, and I think that, I mean, it's, you know, we're, the way that we're buying is is um, is just amazing, really. You know, with with the likes of Amazon and this next day delivery. I think you know, it's it's. I mean, somebody said the other day that we're we're short of something like. 100 100 million square foot of 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 um of warehouse space in this country and it's it's just amazing you know it's an amazing amount and um you know i think that it's just a, a, a growing industry you know to 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 meet the needs of how people are consuming um i, I mean just around this area there's going to be three or four significant logistics parks developed um so I think it's an exciting time for logistics. I think it's an exciting time to go in, to get into the business, actually. You know, there's going to be lots of opportunities. Um, um, and, but I think, yeah, I think obviously technology will will play its part. Um, I, I hope uh, that, that electric self-driving vehicles don't play their part anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it. I, I think probably that you know this 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 issue of of recent times needed to happen. Let's give everybody a kick up the backside to kind of look at it seriously. And and like you said um, at the beginning of this interview, you know we kind of we we've we've looked at these vehicles and just kind of not really respected it, you know, and 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 what it brings to the country and the importance of the supply chain. And I think it's it's brought it to to people's attention. So hopefully that will um, sink in and stay in. And of course, I guess in this area, one thing that could make a significant change is the freeport status. Will that have a big impact on the the, the amount of commerce going on related to the ports? I think so. Yeah, I think it will. It will. Um, yeah, it, I, I think it will have a have a positive impact. I think it's. Um, I think it's great for the area. It's great that we've got it. Um, I think that's part of the reason that we've got so many um, logistics developments sites going on at the moment. And I think it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be great for the e-commerce, e especially. Well, we'll see how that all develops, and maybe when we start to see. Um, some more progress on that we'll get you in and have another conversation yes absolutely I'll, I'll be happy to 
Well, Darren, it's been wonderful to just find out a bit about your background as well as uh, the work of uh, Wooler Transport. But perhaps for those of us who just have some uh, concern about what's coming into the country and what's leaving it, that's been brilliant to understand yeah. some what's created some of the issues that we're now seeing. So thank you so much for your time. Yes, no problem. Thanks very much, Colin. So thank you to our guest this week, Darren Flynn of Waller Transport Services. I hope that Darren was able to give you some reassurance about uh, the provision uh, of goods for us in the future. I'm indebted to Joy Day for working on our website and visuals and to Sally Birch and Kevin Birch for their skills in booking speakers and producing the finished article for you to listen to. We hope that you'll be able to join us next time in our next edition of the Suffolk Money podcast. We'll hope to see you soon.